And we are live, people. It is 6 p.m. London time. I am Brian, the UK Bitcoin Master, back as always with my UK Bitcoin Master live show. Uh, this is the interview show, so great to have you all with me. Don't forget to pound the like button. Don't forget to tweet this out. We need to get more eyeballs on these types of shows. Uh, I am the UK Bitcoin Master. I ask people all the time, ask me about Bitcoin. Nobody does. That's how we're early we are people and on Monday's show coming up next Monday, you want to join me because I'm going to talk to you about just how early we are in Bitcoin. And maybe my special guest will also talk about that as well today. So get the preliminaries out of the way. Uh, no financial advice here, people. Don't take it as that. Do your own research. Get in the rabbit hole. If you're going to buy crypto or Bitcoin, this is a Bitcoin show. Um, only buy what you can afford to lose. Don't mortgage the house against it, although some people do. Just be sensible. Don't take anything I say as financial advice. If you want to check out my work, ukbitcoinmaster.com is where you'll find all the videos I've done to date. And Bitcoin interviews as well. You'll find clearly the interviews, including the one that I did with Anders a couple of years ago. And this one, once we finish the show. And finally, for those that want to drop a tip, there is my tipping.me address. Now, I've been encouraged people not to drop me tips because I don't do this show for any type of financial gain. But I want you to practice with lightning. So download Wallet of Satoshi, Moon Wallet, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, Blue Wallet, whatever, and practice sending some sats. Now, Dave Shackelford, who's in the chat, he is constantly sending me sats, 10 sats, 2,000 sats, 100 sats, and it's costing him zero sats to send it. And in some cases, he sends 10 sats, and it's worth absolutely zero. Well, it's worth a fraction, but you take the point. So it allows you to practice. So use my tipping.me QR code that comes up when you go here and practice lightning because I'm finding that we are moving from Bitcoin more to the second layer and how that's all going to work. Because in my opinion, uh, Bitcoin is a done deal. Um, it is set in stone. It's going to grow. It quietly moves on like a locomotive, etc. So let's get that out of the way. So it is interview time and it is two years. We've just been talking beforehand as to how, you know, if it is two years, is it two and a half years, whatever it is. But I want to welcome Anders, a.k.a. Danish from the Toxic Happy Hour to the show. Anders, Danish, Danish, Anders. Great to have you with me. It's awesome that you're back on. Oh, hang on. You're muted. Carry on. Go on. All right. Well, it's, great. it's great to be here in video and now also in audio. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we had a good chat two years ago. Um, I, I was on your show and you, you were on Toxic Happy Hour, I believe, but uh, last year. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I love talking Bitcoin. So I'm so happy to be here because this is my number one passion. And um, that's why I've you know, pretty much spent my life trying to study and understand Bitcoin and money and having these conversations and how it's going to change the world is 
It's like the best thing to do. It is. I, I get it. Um, whenever every every spare minute I got when I'm not family timing, because that's important too. Um, I'm looking at something to do with Bitcoin. I was studying videos today uh, for my Monday show coming up. So different topics where I run short video clips, and and I love being involved in Bitcoin. It is just superb. Uh, and just bear with me because I like to bring my audience into my chat. I know you do. So I want to give a quick shout out to some of the guys that are in the audience. So who have we got? Anders Jensen. Yeah, Anders is in the house. Uh, Bitcoin to the moon. I think he's probably gone to sleep now because my reckoning is it's gone 3am down in Australia. But BTTM, if you are in the house, you're nuts. Go to sleep. But as Anders said, no, talk Bitcoin is more exciting. Dave Shackelford coming in from Phoenix. Dave, welcome. Thanks for the sats you keep dropping in the show. Paul Rouleau coming in uh, from the US as well. Baza MacD, welcome to you. Uh, my lovely wife, Elaine, Mrs. UK, is in the house. Uh, I've got Buffy W. My daughter is in the house. Buffy, welcome to you as well. Johnny Midas. Uh, Johnny, you are back in Malibu. Great to know you're back there. Don't know quite how that's panning out for you, but I know that you're pleased to be in your own bed. So great to have you with us. Matthew Underhill from the Bitcoin book. Matthew, welcome to you. Yorkie Bitcoiner is in the house. Uh, I'm just double checking. We've got Lance Hoddle. He's with us, Michael Lillianfeld. Michael, welcome to you. Okay, people, if you want to get attention, if you want to ask Anders a question, or you must type in UK Bitcoin Master, then your question, it will flash up bright orange for me, and then we can read your question or your your, your comment out in, in the show live. So let's get on with this. So, Anders, a couple of years have gone by. Uh, let's talk Bitcoin. Let's talk the landscape and how it's changed. I got in in 2017 in mid mid 2017 i think i bought my first bitcoin i look back actually today and it was actually 2600 dollars so i think i might have said that wrong in previous shows so uh, on british pounds i'm reckoning around the 2050 mark i bought my first bitcoin there was no content out there to speak of. Andreas Antonopoulos was out there. Bitcoin Meister was out there. I found him on Crush the Street. Hasn't the landscape changed over the last four years beyond recognition? What is your take on it all? Yeah, um, absolutely. Things are changing and things are changing fast. And in in, in the Bitcoin uh, world or community, sometimes from day to day, we don't see the the, the woods uh, from from the trees or the wood from the trees, but um, but when you zoom out a little bit, it's going astonishingly astonishingly fast uh, with the changes of uh, and, and the role that Bitcoin is taking in society and the spreading of Bitcoin, the amount of bit, people holding Bitcoin, um, the uh, the share of global money that Bitcoin is uh, growing into, which is still really 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 small. Yep. but it's growing at a fast clip. And as uh, Jeff Booth says, people tend to underestimate um, <clears throat> exponential growth. But we are now at a level where this growth we've seen in the past uh, years continuing means we are knocking it out of the ballpark or Bitcoin is knocking it out of the ballpark and stepping into the scene in this decade. And in my opinion, will take over as, as money of the world, which um, is good for humanity and good for the people um, smart enough to allocate some funds to Bitcoin and, uh, and, and, and see this thing coming. 
Well, it's interesting you say that because there, there's there's a quote I've always used, or it's more of a question that I've always asked people. And I've said to people, do you have any clue what exponential growth is? And when I first got into my other business, I never heard the term exponential. I didn't know what it was. And they say no. And I say, um, well, I'm going to ask you a question. If you drop a penny into a piggy bank on day one in January, what do you think you'll have by day 30? And they don't have a clue. And it's actually over five million dollars stroke pounds. And if you go to day 31, it's actually over 10 million. And that is exponential growth at work. And where that came from for me was many, 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 many years ago. I'm talking many decades ago as well. Um, I looked into going out there and um, selling life insurance and insurances and mortgages. And the one thing I learned was that an endowment mortgage, you pay into it and you pay into it for 25 years and hopefully not anymore because of interest rates. But the idea was for 15 to 20 years, it underperformed. And then the last five years, it exponentially went upwards, almost parabolically, and that paid the mortgage off. And people underestimate the power of 2 plus 2 equals 4, 4 plus 4 equals 8, 16, 32, 64, 128. Do you know what I mean? And it's like staggering. You know, you say to somebody, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a million dollars right now. Or I'll give you one Bitcoin. And I think most people would take the million dollars. I would take the Bitcoin. That's only because I'm in the rabbit hole, of course. So talk to me about... I first heard you on Bitcoin Meister show when you were really into Bitcoin hyper... I can never say it. I've been practicing it. Hyperization. Bitcoin hyper... I I can't say it. Talk to me about it. Talk to the audience about it. I'll say it for you. Hyper Bitcoinization. That's it. That's uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you want me to talk about uh, hyper Bitcoinization and what I is it still on um, the cards? Is it still on the table? Yeah. So I mean, my definition of hyper Bitcoinization, or uh, what I understand by it, is that um, it means that Bitcoin takes over as money of the world. That um, that. Society uh, transform uh, from using currently uh, fiat currency as uh, people's uh, medium of exchange and uh, means what you use for payment as transactions and also as the unit of account, which is, you know, if you look at something in the supermarket, I believe you have Tesco in the UK and you see that. Uh, <laughs> I'm then impressed. You that, that, then you see that one liter, you don't have gallons, one liter of milk is priced, let's say, uh, a pound less than one pound a pound uh wow that's expensive but then that's <laughs> also the the unit of uh, account and and i in my book hyper bitcoinization means that um that bitcoin comes in and takes over all those roles uh that money is acting as and uh and that uh, the word hyper uh, really means that it, it's gonna happen at uh, you know at an increasing pace yep. in the end, yep. in the end, when when Bitcoin, when finally enough people around the world understands that Bitcoin is money and that it pushes out uh, currencies that claim to be money, but they're actually not. Hmm. Uh, the pound, the US dollar, the euro, um, they call it money. But if you look in the dictionary, money is defined 
one of the things that defines money is it, it can act as a store of value. So your, the payment, the value of your labor today, you can carry it with it into the future. Uh, but it, they designed it to lose value. It, it's built into the design of dirty fiat currency that I call these um, you know, national currencies um, to lose value, uh, steal the value of your savings. And they manage to more or less brainwash humanity to think it is in your best interest that your savings are being diluted so they can stimulate so you get to keep your job. But guess what? Before we had dirty fiat currencies, that meant the loss of um, the value of your savings. People also had jobs. In fact, the fastest growth in, um, in, in, in productivity that United States had ever, has ever seen despite technology these days, internet, you know, Silicon Valley and all that, the, the fastest productivity growth U.S. experienced from 1873 to 1892. So in 20 years, it went up, up almost a factor three. Um, and it did so while uh, gold was money, which is fairly sound money. It has an inflation rate of about 2% a year. Um, so it's Compared to fiat currency, it's very sound, um, but soon it's not so sound when compared to uh, to Bitcoin. As as Bitcoin's inflation rate keep falling, and and uh, will be less, it will be around what zero point nine percent in twenty twenty four. Anyways, yeah. So yes, I I'm sorry. I I I don't know if I'm sorry, but I I do tend to. I go into great detail and, and long explanations. But yes, I believe bit, hyper-Bitcoinization is in the cards. It's, I think it's going to happen uh, in, in this decade because, uh, again, as we spoke about um, exponentials, so the size that Bitcoin now has of global monetary value is uh, getting close to 1%. And, but it's been coming from 0. 0.0000 nothing. Uh, so... Um, it's, um, uh, you know, with this growth rate, which I'm, I'm confident that we will see, it's not many years off until hyper-Bitcoinization happens and people realize they need to use Bitcoin as their money. Salaries will be paid in Bitcoin. Uh, no one will accept dirty fiat uh, for payment for their work, their labor, uh, selling their house or whatever. Everything will end up being denominated in, in Bitcoin, in my opinion. Well, so a couple of years since we spoke, apart from me being on the toxic happy hour or THH, um, we've had the pandemic. Sorry. <laughs> and we've also had money printing. What is in your view? What has that done for Bitcoin negatively, positively? Did it make us go backwards a step? Did it take us forward a step? What, look, the reason I'm asking this, Anders, because I watch your shows. You're a very clever guy. You know about Bitcoin. Obviously, you know, you deal with your eToro, etc. Um, I don't understand any of that stuff, but uh, I know you understand way more than me. Tell me about the landscape because of, you know, the, the pandemic and everything and the money printing and all that sort of stuff. What has that done over the last year or so to Bitcoin, good or bad? Yeah, I, I um, there, there has only been uh, one very short term, you could say, uh, bad thing that COVID caused to Bitcoin. Uh, and that's all gone. And, and, and that was uh, when the COVID crash happened last year. I think it was the 12th of March. Mar March the 12th. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. 
all assets uh, collapsed, including Bitcoin. Yeah. So you could say short term in, you know, one day, maybe lasted a few days. It did have that uh, negative impact, but it's really not worth mentioning almost. And then if you look at the things that has that COVID and, and dilution of fiat currency has done that is good for Bitcoin. Well, it's been phenomenal for Bitcoin. COVID has been doing an outstanding job of making it clear to more and more people today, people that before wouldn't even consider Bitcoin. It has made it so much more clear for so many more people that, hey, this money that we're holding uh, from our governments, they are now diluting it at an increasing pace. I cannot store my savings in that. What's the best alternative? And, and, and as Michael Saylor did with MicroStrategy, and by the way, uh, him being the first listed company in the world means they're on this, you know, it's a, you can buy stocks in them, they're on the stock exchange. Um, COVID made him realize that the $450 million that he had on his balance sheet was no good. It, the value of it was melting away like ice in the sun because of the uh, stimulation that they decided to do, the politicians. It lost value so fast. So COVID has caused him to make that step, and he's very helpful in spreading it further. But a lot of people can just see that, um, hey, they're destroying that the money that I'm um, trying to save up for, uh, for the future, and I should look for something else. And um, real estate is not a very liquid way of storing your wealth. Uh, there's a high transaction cost. Uh, you don't know, you know, it's going to take months to sell it. Real estate cannot, is not a very good store of value um, in terms of what you need. Um, it, it's not liquid. You, you don't know if that area is going to be good or, or not. Uh, stocks also are not good stores of value because uh, you now need to know which companies are going to do well. So you need to be good at you know, uh, analysis of uh, <laughs> which industries, which products, technologies, et cetera. So, um, that's also not ideal. Bitcoin really is by far the best store of value and money the world has ever seen. And uh, that leads me to a point that um, uh, the Bitcoin has already won. And the price of Bitcoin is just a reflection to which extent 8 billion people on this planet have realized that. And this is where I keep recommending people please study money first and understand what money is because then bitcoin it becomes so much more easy to understand bitcoin um because if you first get your head around and it's not easy but if you get your head around what money is it's crystal clear that bitcoin is the best money the world has ever seen and it's also really important to note that on the properties that money are competing bitcoin already has maximum value because it's infinity and um because that is the case going through this analysis of what is money why is bitcoin money why is it good money also leads you to the conclusion that it can't be outcompeted. so again bitcoin already won the price is a reflection to which extent eight billion people uh, understand that so um 
Oh, I was just going to ask you another question. It's gone completely out of my head, and it was relevant. Because to... I, I talk a lot, Brian. No, no. Uh, no it as, was... as, as puppy, he knows. Listen, as, as, as a, 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 an interviewer, let's say, uh, I should be ready with my next question. And you, you were speaking. I got so engrossed in what you were saying. It's completely thrown me off track. Um, so um, what, what I was going to say was, you know, we've got, I mean, for me, what I've taken as a massive, massive, massive positive is that, you know, everyone was worried to death when China kicked all the miners out. And we see what's happened to the hash rate. I think I looked yesterday and it was, was it 131? I believe we went down to 80 something and we're bounced right back now. And that's with all the miners coming out of China, migrating, getting rid of their old rigs, you know, ordering new rigs that are going to be obviously beneficial to the energy situation, etc. So all of a sudden we don't have to worry about the China issue anymore. China controls Bitcoin, etc. So so it's almost like the four years that I've been involved in Bitcoin, we've seen all these different narratives that are going to take Bitcoin down. And every single time it bounces back and moves on, I liken it to a, an avalanche. You are not stopping it. It is simply coming at us coming at all of us it's going to be part of all of our lives and the interesting thing I picked up on on what you said, you know money's been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Gold's been around 5,000 years. But it's interesting you say what you say, Anders, because when I got into Bitcoin, if somebody asked me what money was, I held up a 20 pound note. I thought it, I thought that was money. Then I read the Bitcoin standard and that was so enlightening. That was such an eye opener with beads and shells and rocks and, and everything else and how they used it. And then the, the fiat currencies came in. You are dead right when you talk about understand the history of money and you'll get Bitcoin. That was a big deal for me. So would you encourage people to read the Bitcoin standard? Absolutely. Um, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that that will help people in the process of understanding money. And then it just becomes easier to understand Bitcoin. Because if you skip that first part and go straight into bit, you know, Bitcoin and uh, what is it? Oh, it's a blockchain. And uh, uh, what's the benefit? If you don't know what it's competing for, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's a little bit harder to see why it is such a good money if you don't know what money is. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Go read that book. It'll help, you know, well, you make the right decision. This is a good, um, interlude for a second. If I go over to my desktop, what I would say to you people is we've got Matthew Underhill in the chat. He wrote this book and obviously this is an English written book, but it is an incredible book that I feel is the precursor to the Bitcoin standard. Um, a very easy read. I've now read it three times. I would encourage everyone to check this out on Amazon. Um, it is a great book. It's good to give away as a gift. It's good to give away to a family member to read that doesn't understand Bitcoin, that you're trying to get them into Bitcoin. So whilst we were talking about the Bitcoin standard, I thought that was an ideal opportunity to mention Matthew's book. So do check it out um, on Amazon. Um, so look, Let's talk about the price for a moment. I'm I'm not a fan of making price predictions. I know you and Pubby do have your banter about where it's going, what it's going to hit, etc. But, you know, before we had this huge correction, 
I don't know what it was, 50%, whatever it was. Okay, people are saying, I think a couple of commentators have said it's, it looks very similar to 2013 and there's still plenty more upside. My opinion is we are still right in the middle of a Bitcoin bull run. And for those that have got out because they saw the price plummet, they're going to regret that big time. I think there's still a huge upside for the rest of this year into 2022. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I, there, there is a, uh, there's a graph showing, uh, you know, the having bull runs, uh, the first one in, in 2013 that did, uh, was split into two legs. And then the one in, in, in 1617, which was more smooth, longer, um, and, and then this current one. And, uh, the first one was the steepest, the, the, the 13th one, uh, in fact, was so steep that it created that blow off top where, uh, where, uh, new buyers couldn't, uh, couldn't pick up the amount of, uh, profit taking there was. So, so the price, uh, crashed, uh, 80%, but only to go right back in uh, a couple of months later to this same bull run um, and, um, and, and, and taking another uh, huge second leg up. Uh, six, 16 was uh, much more flat. And uh, when I'm saying it, uh, it, it was smooth, it's not entirely true because there were six corrections of 30% or more. And people yep. need to understand that yep. each time that happens, you don't panic sell. You buy the dip if you have available funds and if you want to. Uh, but panic selling uh, never has helped anyone uh, in Bitcoin at all. And then uh, on the same graph, when you see the current uh, bull run that you know we had the halving eleventh uh, of May last year, and that that is the halving is uh, cutting the f the fresh supply, the production uh, of Bitcoin in half, and that triggers a lack of supply. And that lack of supply triggers over to a price that starts edging up. And once that starts edging up, people come in and start buying because it's moving up. And a lot of those don't know what they're buying. They yep. came in for the number go up technology, as we call it. And, uh, and uh, uh, this bull run after the last halving, again, it wasn't as steep as in 13, but it was significantly steeper in 1617 and to me um that is the reason that because it got so steep you know uh people that bought a long time ago before us and bought a lot of bitcoin that's the time when they sell bitcoin and on-chain analysis uh which is looking at the blockchain which is looking at basically all the transactions in bitcoin supports this yeah. that it is the old whales they sell into strength so if all of a sudden there's a lot of strength, can you still see my video feed? Because my screen here is frozen. I just want to make sure that. No, um, I, I can see you perfectly. Everything's okay, good. Perfect. Good, good. So um, uh, th that's that's what what happened uh, basically end of last year and then coming into uh, the first quarter of this year. Uh, that that this bull run was so steep that there was this blow off top. But again, as on chain analysis showed back in the 13 bull run uh, the bull run actually was intact um the things that they look for there is like the amount of new users 
um, if you have a high amount of new daily users is one of the indicators that the bull run is, is still intact. And uh, so it's this it, it, on chain has said the same thing about this bull run. And, uh, and, and therefore, I felt very comfortable for a couple of other reasons as well, that when we crashed more than 50% from 65,000 to 27,600, um, that we were still in a bull run. The bull run was intact. Uh, you know, no panic selling from my side. Uh, I was buying the dip. I was encouraging others not to panic, but understanding that this was likely a two-legged bull run, like in 13. And uh, and I I believe very much that it is what we're in. And uh, now that we've moved up from 27,600 to being around 45,000, this is what I see as the second leg up, starting just like in uh, 13. But I'm not saying there's not going to be a third and a fourth leg this time around because history right it doesn't repeat it rhymes so it may for a while um you know echo some of the 13 where the bull run was caught in two but uh i don't uh, see a 12 months bear market ever again in bitcoin like we did have after the 16 17 bull run I was was going to say, it was a couple of years. I was 18 and 19. It was on the floor because I remember doing my my Bitcoin shows and people saying to me, why the hell are you so bullish? The price is down on the floor because I got straight away that you don't look at the short term price. Anyone that looks at the short term price, they're going to be totally freaked out. I want to share my screen and I don't know whether you can see it. Um, Hang on a second. Uh, I just want to. Yeah, yeah, go on, go uh, on, go on. So uh, my browser uh, is saying it's not responding, but I can hear you. Uh, so uh, if uh, for some reason I should <laughs> crash all of a sudden, I'll be right back in. Um, but anyway, so but I, I probably cannot see what you are um, uh, sharing on the screen. But if you let me know what it is, I'll try and come. Right. Well, what I'm going to do is I did this with Pubby as well. And if I share my screen, I keep saying to people what I'm showing, Anders, if you can't see it, is the chart for five years. So if you want to be serious. Oh, I know. Yeah, you want to do four years. You want to see every part of the Bitcoin cycle. And when you look at the five years, you look at the 2017 um pump and you know you can clearly see as a shoot up then it pulls down and then there's a couple of years in the bear market but if you zoom out and look at the next one which i've just done the 2017 one is there but look at the 2013 one i know anders can't see this but the guests should be able to see it it is just a bump in the road and i keep saying this and the 2017 one when once we've gone maybe through the next halving and beyond the 2017 one will shrink right down and it will look just like this 2013 one that is just a simple bump in the road and then as time moves on again four years eight years ten years whatever it is this one we're going through right now that will i believe go up again as this year moves on will also shrink down and become a smaller bump in the road Uh, anders has got all of his people i'm going to bring the split screen back anders has got something on his phone uh, my guests uh, something to do with the toxic happy hour that lets people know lets you know they're commenting is that right well, it, it's a uh, it's a notification that sounds like a doorbell, and that kind of uh, 
that 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 took off in that i mean we have a the most amazing hilarious chat on on toxic happy hour uh the guys cracked me up and uh and that so that kind of like became an uh, a meme or an internal joke when that goes off uh the the doorbell uh so but, but um yeah let me just say so i may not be able to see you sharing the screen but i do have uh the entire price graph of uh, his uh, of bitcoin throughout history pretty much in my in my mind yeah uh, so i know what you're talking about and uh, and uh each time and this is an important point that you raise uh like now people see oh the, the, the you know the price is so high or at least when we're around the the 65,000, and they look down to where it was and, and, and it feels like, you know, oh, maybe this is the highest it can ever get because it's so much higher than it used to be. But every time, so there's a four-year halving cycle, um, uh, that may, that's not going to continue forever. Uh, we don't know yet when it's going to stop. But um, these bull runs previously were triggered by this um, uh, halving, and uh, it kicked off and, and had that peak, and then... Um, then there was a, a bear market and because each bull run is just orders of magnitude higher than previously, um, those graphs and prices that felt ridiculously high, maybe at the time for the people there, um, all of a sudden are just bumps in the road. And I absolutely completely agree that, um, that the current bull market also eventually will be nothing but a bump in the road. I'm just typing in to ask if the audience can still hear you. Um, I can hear you because obviously I've got you coming into my streaming portal. I just want to know whether the guys out there can hear you. Otherwise, you might have to just log out and try and log back in. So, guys, if you're in the chat, um, the chat should only be about 20 seconds behind. Let me know if you can hear Anders. I know his screen is frozen, but can you hear what he's saying before we move on with this interview? Zaza saying yes. Buffy W, yep, we can hear him fine. Matthew Underhill, yep. Brilliant. So, Anders, you have frozen, and people have got a picture of your lovely face there. <laughs> oh, 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 that's <laughs> but, but at least they can hear you. So, um, in terms of what you were just saying, I, I really am a fan of getting people to zoom out. Vinny, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Uh, of Zoom out. Brian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could just restart my computer real quick yeah go do it go do it i'll talk can i do that yeah go on i'll talk to the guys about this um okay sweet i'll be right back yeah cool hang on right so you got me back for a minute while anders logs in and i know i've just covered this before but i'm an absolute fan of stop looking at the day-to-day if i just i know you can see my screen i'm pretty sure but if i go back here look this is the seven day chart and look how volatile that is people it is up and down like a fiddler's elbow okay but if you zoom out and instead of looking at the seven day chart even if you look at the uh, monthly chart, it's still volatile, but gently in an upward direction. Let's have a look at the year. That looks awful for the year. But when you zoom out, sorry, that's the year today. That's the year. Um, you can see the big pump. You can see the pullback. Hang on. I think I've got to let Anders in. I don't think you're back, Anders, are you? Oh, you're back in. Oh, no, he's still there. He's frozen. <laughs> let me bring me back up. So the point I'm making is if you zoom out to, say, four or five years, 
In fact, let me throw him out of the call. Then he can join. Um, you can see that all is good. You know. Oh, that's Anders. Hang on. Let's get him back in. Are you there? Where are you? No, he's not there. This is an interesting show. Shows I'm live. I'm trying to adjust it all as we go, but he's he's not logged back in again. He did log in and he didn't come in. So what I'm trying to say is if you zoom out four years, five years, eight years, ten years, whatever, you will see that Bitcoin is good. You can see by this chart at the end, um, this is the 13 bull run. This is the 17 bull run. This is the 2020 bull run. Let me just bring Anders back in. Hang on. Are you with us, Anders? I Yes, we've got you back. Now, I don't know whether yes. you can see I've changed. Yes. The sc can you see the screen I've changed that I was talking to the guys about or can't you? Uh, no, not at the moment. Okay. I only see you and I. Not to worry. I was just I was just ex <laughs> explaining to them because I'm looking at the the all time chart from 2010 to present day. How you've yeah. got the 2013 bull run is this tiny blip, then the 2017 yeah. bull run goes up an inch or so on the chart, and then this one at the moment goes up four or five inches. But as we move through time, these previous bull runs shrink down and down and down on the chart, so they just become little blips in the road, and that's the benefit of doing that as opposed to um, looking at the day-to-day -day charts, which are up and down like a fiddler's elbow, because this thing's still massively volatile, but it is going in the right direction. I, I watched a video today where the guy said, you've got to separate the fundamentals of Bitcoin and the price of Bitcoin, because they're two totally different things. Bitcoin is going in the right direction with all of its fundamentals, with all of the tech growing in the background. But the price can be engineered, if you like, to not reflect what's going on behind the scenes. Have I put that in the correct context or can you put that slightly different? I, I use the meme price is a liar. Right. Um, well, the thing is, price may be a liar short term, yep. but in the long term, it can't lie. But I love um, I, I love uh, this analogy. You're saying that that price doesn't reflect uh, fundamentals. And that is so absolutely true that pretty much every single day since early January 2009, Bitcoin's fundamentals have improved. The technology through the bear market keeps improving from all the developers that are working on this, which is an open source uh, software and open source protocol. All the fundamentals uh, keep improving on a daily basis uh, now for, for 12 and a half years. And, um, and the price swings really are um, just a... Um, a reflection of human psychology where when something goes up it first of all it doesn't go up in a straight line yep. but if it goes up there comes an overreaction in this four-year cycle to the upside based on greed and when the price starts going into a bear market there's an overreaction to the downside in terms of fear and uh, I think it's very important to say that there's so many things indicators pretty much everything is making it very clear that yes there was fear going from 65,000 to 27,000 um, 
But now we are back here um, up, maybe not 100% yet, but but we're, we're up a lot since that. And and the second leg of the bull run has, um, has kicked off, in my opinion. And um, what I'm looking for is a, is a, a ballpark figure in the, in the vicinity of $300,000 per Bitcoin. And uh, that will, I think, happen Q4 this year or Q1 next year. So between, well... Uh, probably, um, you know, not before December, but either December or one of the first few months of next year. So, um, so can I ask, um, you look at analysis, you look at charts, but what is, what is, what is fueling that figure for you? Is it just right. because, you know, sorry, Anders, um, I understand the psychology of people and I get that when something's happening, everybody wants a part of it. And that makes number go up. I also under get, get that when something's going wrong or appears to be going wrong, everybody, some start to get out, whatever it might be. And then the masses have to follow for fear of not even missing out, but for fear of being left behind. So you have this massive up, you have this massive down. Okay, but I was listening to Will Clemente earlier and he was saying that the chart, the analysis is clearly showing that the small Bitcoin wallets are gaining Bitcoin like mad. And they're starting to outstrip the whales. Are you you aware of that that was said? You know, the the small pleb, if you want to call us, we're actually the, the regular dude is stacking like mad now. And we're starting to replace some of the whales, which is incredible. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm very well aware of that. Um, I, I we've we've had William on um, my YouTube channel where we also host uh, Toxic Happier. So it's a really a combination of uh, on that channel of Toxic Happier with me and Poppy, and also I do some other videos, just you know, trying to put out educational content. May not be as fun as Toxic Happier, but I, you know, I'm also on an educational mission. For sure. Even though I believe we educated Toxic Happier as well. But I, yeah, you do. Had, you do. We've, we've had William on uh, three times and um, on the channel within the last, uh, since May or something. Um, I follow him on Twitter and I had a, have a notification for every single tweet he puts out. So anything that, yeah, that me William too. <laughs> uh, uh, tweets or says, uh, I know. Uh, I know. So, um, yes, it's... Uh, it is a uh, this graph uh, that he's talking about or that he's created shows how um, the percentage of overall Bitcoin supply held on. Um, I, I believe they call holders with left less than you know they have these terms. Yeah, uh, there's whales, shrimp, sharks, shrimp, dolphin, dolphins, yeah, octopus. Yeah. yeah, less than one Bitcoin is shrimp yeah. uh, in that technology, and the overall amount of Bitcoin being held by shrimps. Uh, are increasing. So this Bitcoin are being redistributed uh, uh, more and more to uh, the, the plebs, uh, you know, us on the floor, retail. Um, and um, and uh, it, it, that is happening, especially during uh, bull runs where the original buyers from a long time ago uh, that bought Bitcoin less than 1% of whatever the price is, they, they start taking some chips off the table. Yep. And uh, it's funny because people, people, even now in this bull run where there's a sentiment amongst those Bitcoiners saying uh, the, pre- the price is going to go much higher and it's going to happen fairly soon. 
um, you know, we're talking months and, and, uh, and people saying who's selling, who's selling. Well, it's obvious that the people that bought Bitcoin at $2 sooner or later will sell some of that Bitcoin Absolutely, because yeah. it changes their lives. Yeah. So, so, uh, those are the people selling, um, you know, mainly, and then speculators, they swing either way, but, um, so yeah, there is a redistribution going on, unlike the current fiat currency system where wealth accumulates more and more to, uh, rich people, then Bitcoin is being, um, distributed to a more and more even, you could say amongst, uh, humanity. It doesn't mean there won't be rich people. Uh, and there's no problem with that. What we're doing with Bitcoin is, um, is we are uh, elevating uh, people at, at the floor of society. Oh, love it. I love now, it. Mm, I love yeah. it. And, and now the lady that works at, uh, at the cashier in Tesco, when she puts money aside every month, it's not being diluted. It goes up in value once she's on a Bitcoin standard. Uh, so either she can wait to Tesco paying her salary as Bitcoin, or she can do what I think is the smart thing and start buying Bitcoin with surplus um, uh, cash um, on a monthly basis when, when there's something left from the paycheck. Uh, that means that everyone, if they spend a little bit less than they earn, yeah. their savings will go up in value. Right now, people spending less than they earn are being punished because whatever is left is being um, dragged out. And that's why people call the current system slavery. I guess slavery is, uh, is when other people uh, earn or own the value of your labor. And you could, you could argue that other people own the value of your labor if they steal the value of the money that you're paid for with your labor. And that is why I personally and, and a lot of other Bitcoiners, as much as possible, what's left of my monthly income, I put it in uh, Bitcoin, because I feel it's a much safer place for me to have it. And, and this none of this is financial advice. People got to make their own decision and be uh, responsible for what they choose to do. I'm just saying what I think and, and what I do. Uh, but, you know, over the years, it is worked out well to try and save in Bitcoin instead of trying to save in a currency that they're diluting. Holding on to that <clears throat> is at your own risk. Well, I, I think it comes back to the Bitcoin standard again. We were talking about understanding money. And if you understand that what, what people don't get, and look, I was in that camp four years ago as a regular working class guy. They don't get that. All we say is, God, crikey, the price of food's gone up. God, crikey, the price of petrol's gone up. That is inflation. That is you not getting a pay rise, but everything's going up. And all of a sudden, it's going to cost you £200 or dollars a month more to stand still than it did the previous month or the previous year. And that's inflation. So every time they print money, your money becomes worth less and less in terms of what it buys. But by holding a little bit of Bitcoin, even £20, £100, whatever you can do, like you say, it, you are buying a tiny percentage of 21 million coins. That means you are buying a tiny fraction 
of the new money that is going to flood the world over time, which can't be debased, which can't be inflated away. It is deflationary, actually. And, you know, if you just take the time to understand this, what it does, it makes you look at your finances. It certainly did with me. It makes you look at your finances and say, right, what can I not spend? so that I can put into Bitcoin. And I've said this before at the risk of being boring to my viewers, apologies. But a couple of years ago, I was going to get a new car and I was chatting to my lovely wife and we sat outside having a glass of wine. And I said, but hang on, first time ever in all my years with her, if I don't get the car and I put that money into Bitcoin, you know, the car, when I get it, is going to be lovely, but it's going to depreciate. The Bitcoin is going to appreciate. And that money that I could have got that car with is now, I don't know what it is, 10 or 15 X without even looking, you know, from yeah. two two yeah. years ago. So yeah. people just get it. Once you get it, you just know that you have to, whatever you can, take a second job, stop, you know, eat less food, whatever you need to do, have less Costas or Starbucks and buy a bit of Bitcoin is all, is what I say to people. But of course, if they don't see it, Anders, you can't help them. They've got to see it. If you understand the difference between seeing something and seeing it, when you see it, you know, you've got to get Bitcoin, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And But I, I think uh, to add to that, I don't think that people see Bitcoin and understand it uh, as as a solution until they've seen that there is a problem. Yeah. If you don't have a problem with your savings being diluted 40% a year, if that's fine by you, you also don't see the need for a solution. So uh, you, you kind of, it, I was investigating a problem that I felt that was in society which at the time that then I discovered Bitcoin because uh, that was a solution to that problem. Yep. Um, and, and, and what I was trying to understand uh, was, and it bothered me that it happened and I didn't understand it, was that why did the middle class that was thriving across the world in the 60s, do, it was doing so great. You had households where, you know, um, one person was working uh, usually the dad and then the mom took care of the kids and, and they, they, it was good times. They had a car, they had a house and all of this based on, 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 a, 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 on an income. Uh, why has that been wiped out when productivity in, in the world has gone up? Hmm. So that's, that's what I was wondering. And I felt central banks are the reason I just didn't know how and why. But then I, that's, that's why my research really started um, about the money. And then when someone said, hey, and that's why uh, sound money, like, and he mentioned gold and Bitcoin is the solution, it, I immediately thought, well, yeah, that's, that is the solution. Anyways, but so I want to say that um, people think that the wealth divide in society has been created by capitalism. That is so untrue. Yep. The wealth divide has been created because people that own a house and stocks and other assets, when they dilute the currency, the, the dollar, the pound, euro, etc., then they have assets that go up um, in price a lot. While people at the at the floor of society here, they have the blue colors, you got you got a yeah, an hourly job or, you know, you're living from month to month. They don't have any of those assets that go up. They only have the thing that keeps diluting. So 
they are they are taking the full brunt of currency dilution while if you own a house and you have some stocks in a retirement portfolio or whatever you get all the you get the benefit and you just have you know maybe a little bit of cash in which you're you're taking um the the the, the pain of, of currency dilution that's what's creating the the wealth divide um and the issues in society in in my opinion and that that's why and and for so many other reasons that bitcoin is for humanity such a good money and the world will become a much better place 10 years from now when bitcoin is money of the world and it, it will reduce crime uh in places like el salvador and in the rest of the world because everyone will have hope all of a sudden going out and taking a job and putting some money aside is all you need to be able to achieve financial independence and in my opinion financial independence <clears throat> is if you have 0.1 bitcoin that will be financial independence in the future um I did a video and a long explanation on why I believe $20 million will be the um, future price of Bitcoin in terms of uh, purchasing power. Of course, it's going to go to infinity, in my opinion, but that's the purchasing power, power we're looking at. And actually, that was before fee, uh, COVID uh, stimulation, cur uh, dilution of currency. So we're probably looking at $30 million of today's money. And if you have $3 million of today's money in a world where prices go down instead of going up yeah then three million dollars today in by far most of the world is financial independence so that in my opinion not financial advice but owning 0.1 bitcoin which today costs you around four and a half thousand um dollars probably four thousand pound um that that is in my opinion ticket to financial independence within 10 years i think that's that's wonderful but the world will be a much better place. And um, it, it, Bitcoin gives hope. But people, yeah, no, I agree with, I agree with you, Bitcoin gives hope. And I also agree, and I get it, throughout my core, throughout my being, that if you've got Bitcoin, you're giving yourself the best chance to opt out of a system. And I heard something today again, and somebody was saying that, I don't know if it's on Pomp's show, somebody's show, they were saying that these central bank digital currencies that they'll give you digital currency for your pound or your dollar, but apparently it'll probably have an expiration date. And if you don't spend it, they'll take it back off you. I'll tell you who it was. It was Max Kaiser's Kaiser Report. And he had a guy on there, a financial guy from the UK, actually. And he was saying that the CBDCs, they'll actually put an expiration date on the digital currencies that they put in your bank. And they'll force you to spend it. And it's like... What the hell? Yeah. CBDCs are just like COVID has been phenomenal for Bitcoin. CBDCs uh, are no better than the, the junk, dirty fiat that we have from our governments at the moment. Uh, but CBDCs uh, will be a, and will make it a lot easier to buy Bitcoin. They create a, a phenomenal on ramp. So uh, please, let's get the CBDCs ready. So when we do hyper-Bitcoinization, it won't be too hard to exchange that uh, dirty CBDC fiat currency to Bitcoin. Let's make it possible to happen really fast.
And I'm with you as well. And like you say, the, I guess the positive that can come from them is people will recognise digital currencies and then they'll start looking around for what is a good currency to be involved in, which will obviously get more eyeballs on Bitcoin. Um, look, we're five minutes off the hour. Let's talk about Lightning for a minute. So I'm, I'm right. I don't have Lightning channels open. I do run a, I do run a, an Umbrella node. OK, but I do move Lightning around a lot on different Lightning wallets just to, to, to get used to the whole process. And I absolutely love it. Now, my take, and I said it at the, at the top of the show, is that Bitcoin's a done deal in terms of, I don't think anything's going to stop it now. I think there's too many wealthy people have got it. They don't want it to go away, etc. Probably even government officials are stacking it as well, but they're not, they're not telling you. And they might be saying horrible things about it because they got to in their job. But so the next layer is obviously, in my opinion, Lightning is coming on leaps and bounds. I've got Lightning wallets. I desperately, as Zaza in the chat was talking about um, Strike. I want to get Strike here, but of course, Jack's not letting us know when it's coming to Europe, but I, I guess it will come really, really soon. But uh, there, there goes the doorbell again. Love it. Um, what, what, where, how far do you think, have you seen the developments in, in Lightning, how much that has grown and is growing over the last few years? I find it staggering. Uh, absolutely. Uh, in 2017, after um, uh, we had the, the, the hard fork and, and, um, uh, and, and, and we included in the Bitcoin protocol that we could um, actually create the lightning um, network uh, layer, uh, you know, the technical foundation was created so we could start using that and put it on top of, of Bitcoin. Back in 2017, I told one of my friends that was uh, joining my, uh, that was a regular at my, my Bitcoin meetup in, in, in Los Angeles, uh, that what I would love to see develop is a, um, a, a software that automated can go in and um, help you create a return on your Bitcoin by having it in, in the Lightning Network. So, yep. um, there's I so I love Lightning Network and Lightning Network is necessary. Lightning Network is phenomenal. Yes, of course it can be improved. If you want to see it improve faster, it's open source. Go ahead and and, and do your part. I can't, unfortunately, uh, that is beyond my abilities. But I love Lightning Network and Lightning Network is what gives us uh, that scale. In fact, unlimited scalability on top of Bitcoin <clears throat> because uh, Lightning transactions. Um, uh, which is Bitcoin you are transacting um, are instant and they are, as you mentioned in the beginning of your show, near free. They're, sometimes they are free and sometimes they're very close to free. So it's very, very low cost and it's instant. And, and that, is, that is what is going to allow someone like El Salvador to legalize tender, which they did, and we're looking forward to see them implementing it. We couldn't do that on chain. We don't have the capacity to have every single transaction in the world on the chain. And we don't need to. It's, it would be the wrong thing. So Lightning Network um, is, is phenomenal. And the reason that it has uh, basically unlimited scalability is because there is no central point in the Lightning Network. Anyone who has the ability, and I want to do it sooner or later, can open up a Lightning Network node and add capacity to the network yeah. and, 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 and new nodes can just keep adding capacity, adding, adding channels and, and link to each other. And it creates 
a, an unlimited uh, in capacity growing net of, of Lightning Network nodes. That means we have as much capacity as is needed. Isn't and by it, the way, I read, yeah, isn't it, I read isn't some... About 1800, isn't there about 1,800 Bitcoin or something currently on the Lightning Network, but growing like mad? Uh, I don't... The 1,800, I don't know. I think you could easily be right. I'm just not sure. Uh, but what I did read, I think that was earlier today, is that the... Um, the capacity in Lightning Network has grown, I think it was 20% in one month. And now yes. start, start thinking about uh, exponential growth. If you take any number you like, your favorite number, add 20% to it on a monthly basis. And it's just mind blowing, have, mind blowing. You don't have to go very far and you reach 21 million. I'm not saying all 21 million will be on the Lightning Network. Uh, it'll be S-curve, I guess. Um, like most technology adoption, uh, but Lightning Network already is a success. It's allowing uh, El Salvador to legalize Bitcoin as tender because now it's technically possible. Uh, there are no scaling issues in Bitcoin because we have Lightning Network. I love the Lightning Network and I need to learn more about it, but technical capabilities is, uh, are not really my strength. Well, they're not mine, I can tell you. But here's what I've got that I understand that if I can sort of pass on the basic knowledge to anyone that is open to listening, here's what I love. Somebody from El Salvador moves to a Western country to work and then they want to send money home to their family. Uh, Western Union want to keep 40 cents in the dollar, something like that. But you literally take your British pound or your American dollar, you put it into strike, strike mixes it, it then throws it out the other end in their currency and they get paid and they don't lose a single penny of the money that their family members are sending home. Is that about right-ish? Because it it converts, doesn't it? It converts in a Bitcoin pool. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, And... um uh, it, it, it just really, uh, it goes to show uh, the way it's being used already. And, and like you said, if someone from El Salvador uh, goes to work and they, they can send home uh, $10 instantly for free. Um, and, and now when they're legalizing Bitcoin as tender, which they've already done, we're just waiting for the implementation. I don't remember the exact date when they, when they voted. In, in parliament, but it was a 90 day, I believe. Um, it's a ninth, uh, it's a ninth, I think it's the 9th of September. It goes live. Wonderful. Oh, that's so exciting. I, I think we, sh- we got to do a toxic happy hour uh, on that day. Um, but so I, I predict that on a yearly basis, again, like we're not focusing on short term from day to day, but on a yearly basis going forward in El Salvador, crime will fall. Yep. They will prosper. Um, and uh, any 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 te- like te- any terrible things will, will be reduced on a yearly basis. Prosperity, wealth, happiness, all of these things you will see that uh, grow on a yearly basis, pretty much um, in, in El Salvador, unless IMF uh, or some military power uh, tries to prevent them from doing that and and blaming something else, That's uh, but worry. using it as a as a as a um, um, you know, tries to prevent this from happening, uh, which I hope won't happen. Uh, there's too many eyes on it, um, and it's too obvious. So, uh, well, uh, I, I, I worry that that is. If there's one worry, I worry they're such a small country that you could have some American 
whatever go in there and disrupt it or, 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 or you know, put some, um, I don't know, dampeners on it, some clauses on it, whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, but f- for me, where I'm at, I want to talk to people about Satoshi's instead of Bitcoin, because the people that are my family, working class, regular people, you start talking to Bitcoin and they see $45,000. You start talking about maybe buying, you know, 200,000 Satoshis for £10. And it's like, I can do that, you know. And I think as it won't be too far in the future where people will be paid their salaries in 100,000 Satoshis or, you know, a million Satoshis or whatever it might be. And and that's the world that's galloping towards us. And I really think it's galloping towards us in terms of if you look back at hundreds and thousands of years of money, you know, galloping could be, like you say, in a decade when hopefully I'm still here to see all that take place. But I think it's playing out quicker than anybody knows. And you know, I, I can't give financial advice, but I beg everyone to get what Bitcoin you can as fast as you can, because numbers going to go up. It's going to be adopted. You know, you ain't going to take many institutions jump in and the others like we were talking about earlier going to go, I don't want to miss out. And they'll just start piling in and the number will just shoot up. Now, what happens, you know, to a correction and a, and a pullback? Will we see it how it was before? They're talking of the end of cycles. None of us know. We haven't got a crystal ball. But here's Here's the thing as we pull the show together. What a flipping exciting time to be alive and what a flipping exciting time to understand Bitcoin. That's all you got to get. People, you people in the chat, you want to give yourselves a pat on the back because you're in this chat. You're listening. You may not understand it all. My daughter, Buffy W, says, Dad, I don't understand it like you do, but you're in the chat, Buffy. You're dollar cost averaging. You're getting regular Bitcoin. And as long as you learn a little bit as we go along by joining my show, listening to people like Anders, Pubby and others, my goodness, you're ahead of 99% of the world, aren't you? Really? Uh, yeah, because uh, uh, 99% of the world, I think, don't don't own Bitcoin yet, right? So um, or, or near that. Uh, so I would say, uh, Buffy, don't worry. You don't, nobody, you don't have to understand Bitcoin. Just buy it and hold it. You don't mm. have to understand all the aspects of money and monetary history and all that. Uh, just listen to your dad. Uh, it's you know, <laughs> buy, and, buy and hold Bitcoin. <laughs> Anders, we're over an hour and five minutes. I know you uh, needed an hour. It's been an absolute blast. Just stick with me. Um, people, at the end of the show, I will and add Anders' Twitter links and his details to the show notes. They will be there within five minutes of the show ending. Uh, Anders, I just want to go over to my desktop a minute because I love to finish my show with a quote. And here's the one that I found that I thought was really, really neat. A successful man is one who can lay a firm foundation with the bricks others have thrown at him. What does that what does that mean and how does that relate to Bitcoin? Well, people throw bricks all the time. I've got family members that throw bricks at me, not literally, but when you mention Bitcoin or even if I'm wearing a Bitcoin T-shirt, there's a look and there's a roll of the eyes or a look round and a little bit of a snigger. And I know in my heart that he who laughs last will laugh the longest. And even when they're throwing bricks, keep stacking Bitcoin. Anders, and thank you. The Go funny, on. I, you, the, uh, 
the funny thing is, even though you have been trying to convince your family members and friends for years, and you're wearing the T-shirt and they're laughing at you, once they've paid their salaries in Bitcoin and they realize what you've been saying all the time was right, they'll be telling you, why didn't you tell us, Brian? Why didn't you tell us earlier? <laughs> I was always taught to tell everybody what you're doing. And then if they laugh at you or decline down the road, number one, you can sleep soundly in your bed that you told them. And number two, when they say, why didn't you tell me? I turn around and say, I tried, but you wouldn't listen. That's all you can do. Stay humble and stack sats, people. Uh, Anders, thank you, sir. Anything you want to say to my audience before we close Toxic Happy Hour? Anything you want to plug? The floor is yours. I just want to first say uh, thank you so much for, for having me on, Brian. I, I love hanging out with you and, and talking Bitcoin with you. Um, uh, yeah, so on, on I hopefully you put my YouTube channel down there. Otherwise, that's fairly easy. You'll get redirected to my YouTube channel if you type in toxichappyhour.com. Um, and uh, we have been a little bit quiet since uh, the Bitcoin uh, 2021 conference in, in Miami uh, because uh, Poppy was on holiday, then I was on holiday. I got really busy with some other uh, family logistics. But uh, I am traveling to uh, Denmark uh, very soon. And Poppy is still um, traveling around in the world for his job. And we should be able to start knocking out a lot of Toxic Happy Hour content again because we have lost the momentum a little bit and we love doing it. It so, happens. Yeah, it that's, happens. That's, yeah. Um, I will say... Uh, I've got my brand new scarf ready and waiting for the next time I'm invited on THH. Don't you worry about it. I've got a new scarf that I picked up at the weekend. <laughs> People, if you want to have a laugh, if you want to have an absolute blast, you want to check out the Toxic Happy Hour because Danish and Pubby get on there. I love the Bert and Ernie um thumb i think is absolutely superb they're always messing around having fun challenging each other i know somebody owes somebody a stake for some kind of bet which is good i think i don't know who's got to claim it but somebody has <laughs> well i i know we're out of time but i think it's um important to just highlight here that uh, uh, puppy and greg sash both have lost a steak dinner bet to me because uh well based on you know bitcoin bull run expectations so so far i have a um, um a, a a perfect score on the bull run anatomy predictions uh so i look forward to those stakes i entered two more bets uh recently i think it was about a week ago and and they were that we will reach two hundred thousand uh latest uh 21st of march that is bearish in my opinion but anyway that's that's two bets with two different people and people just think of that if we got to 200 and we pulled back to 100. Who would love a $100,000 Bitcoin? Come on, people. You know, even if you get a half a Bitcoin, a third of Bitcoin, 0.1 of a Bitcoin, get off a zero if you're on zero. Get some. No financial advice. Anders, it's been a blast. Thank you, sir. Stick around while I put up my social media links. People, if you enjoyed this content, it's so, so important that you tweet it out, you share it out, you send the link to five, four or five of your friends. Can I encourage you all after the show is finished to go back into the show comments and leave a short comment even great rubbish anything because it helps mess with the YouTube algorithm it keeps it up there so more people can find it so that is it Anders 
Thank you, sir. It's been a blast. I'll leave you all with my social media links. I will be back on Monday at 6pm London. Until then, once again, thanks, Anders. Catch you all soon.